Blog Talk Radio.
Quite fancy this 
Just stand there. 
what y'all think about that? That was Up Against It by Todd Rundgren. I'm sorry, apparently uh, something wasn't working early on in the show, and you guys didn't get to hear me introduce what we were going to be doing on the show tonight, but I was absolutely brilliant, and I just broke into prose and poetry just spontaneously. No, not really. Um, What that was was the entire Up Against It recording. Uh, Thanks to Doug for uploading that earlier today. The reason why we played it is that there are rumors about the Dutch Metropole Orchestra doing this with Todd Rundgren sometime next year or in 2015, early. We have a guest tonight, Doug Katsaros. He'll be joining us in a few, but right now I believe we have Doug on the line. That is correct. How's it going? How you doing tonight? I've got a little frog in my throat, if you don't mind talking for a second. Those friggin' frogs. Okay, so you see he's got a frog. Speaking of frogs, frogs was debuted at the Metropole. So this rumor, uh, here's a little bit about how it got started. This is a conversation that Todd had with Co over there in Amsterdam on the radio discussing it. So you figure it out. Here we go. Vanavond de gast hier bij Co Live. Uh, het hele uur is hij hier. Zometeen om 11 uur natuurlijk hem met de live. Yeah, that that song that we got a lot of response every time we played it on the air. That is. How do it's you funny. I didn't that song. I didn't write for myself. You know, it was written for uh, up against it, a musical for the uh-huh. uh, public theater in New York. And uh, even though I recorded a like a, you could say an album's worth of demos for the uh, musical. Mm-hmm. They never did a cast recording or anything, and uh, so the only, up until this point, the only documents of those songs were the demos that I had done, and they were all kind of my own little fake sounds and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So even when the, when the musical was performed live, they had like maybe a six-piece band, something like that. Mm-hmm. So to have it fully realized like that, which was my original vin- vision, you know, that it would go all the way to Broadway, up against it would be a big hit, and they would have the biggest orchestra <laughs> and pit in the entire uh, Broadway area. But never made it out of uh, uh, previews, as but, it were. But do I understand that you have that particular piece of work <clears throat> as sketches in its completeness available? The entirety of Up Against It was actually released in Japan. My demos of Up Against It was released in Japan, but mm-hmm. nobody, nowhere else. So it it could be possible to do a whole orchestra production of it. Certainly would be. Maybe we should talk about. Yeah, okay. We know, we'll need a bunch of singers for that, though. You know, it really is a music. Uh, you know, a musical There's stage no, musical. No lack of singers here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nou, misschien een nieuw plan geboren, je weet het niet. Uh, Todd Rundgren, hij is hier in de studio. En uh, ja, het uh, uur is alweer bijna om. Todd, I think uh, we're going to close the hour with uh, with the request from one of our listeners uh, to play Kaleidoscope. Because that is something that, that is more in the line of what you're going to do on June 4 in Paradiso. So, more or less, yeah. yeah. But more than an orchestra performance. Oh, yeah, certainly, you know. Yeah. Well... Maybe people the come in. The only disadvantage of working with the Paradiso is we can't fit more people in. Uh, working with the orchestra, we can't fit more people into the Paradiso. Yeah. You know, we just reach capacity at a certain point. Yeah. But so we'll be taking up a little less space, more space for people to 
to come in and listen. Oké, en wij gaan zo meteen via de e-mail bekendmaken wie de kaarten en wie de gesigneerde cd's hebben gewonnen. One listener, I can tell that your signed CD is on the way because your e-mail is all the way from San Diego. So Cindy, send us your address and we'll get that CD over there. (laughs) And uh, Todd Rundgren, thank you so much for spending time with us. It's always my pleasure. I wouldn't rather be anywhere else. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll see you uh, June 4 in the Paradiso. Dit was hier in Co-Life. Mr. Todd Rundgren. Blijf luisteren. All right. A little kaleidoscope bonus there. Missed it, but you know, hey. Yeah. Hey, we'd like to thank Leon in uh, Amsterdam for sending us that clip on the fly, as it were, tonight. And um, that's very interesting. So that's where it all got started, huh? Yes. And uh, according to the same person you mentioned, Todd brought it up to him at Talkstock, too. See? Todd wants to do it. So we'll have to see if it gets. Yeah. Uh, Leon also told me that um, Co has told him that uh, they would probably have to get eight to ten additional singers. So, quite a cast. It'd be a lot of work for Todd to sing those songs today. This, this was done in 1986. I bet you didn't know either. Todd uh, Parallel Lines from this got a Tony nomination. No, I did not know. That is correct. Yes. Very nice. The deal with this musical was. It was supposed to be based on something around the Beatles. And so they got Todd because of Deface the Music, basically. And he decided he didn't want to go that direction. Not a fan of Tommy or Jesus Christ Superstar. So he decided to do his own thing. And not that that was bad. Of course, the music's good. You just heard it. But the um, trying to... To put it together took a couple years, and there's just a lot of work involved, and it was just very difficult to pull that off. So I bet it would be much more fun with an orchestra you know, doing the music, and all you got to do is sing. No acting and trying to organize a bunch of people to act and all that kind of stuff. So the orchestrations, though, as you all know, Todd doesn't really read music, were put together by our guest who will be on later on tonight. So hopefully he can give us some insight. The, the thing about this deal is, I think that a lot of Todd fans are not in the loop on this as much as most things, including myself, which is the original purpose of this radio show was to learn. And uh, all of a sudden, after a few years, we kind of started getting asked questions instead of um, asking the questions. But tonight, we're going to ask a lot because we are pretty um, naive on this topic about what all went on. We weren't around at that time, and not a lot of people were. And there's very few photos uh, apparently, we may have a bootleg of a performance that Todd, Joe Jackson, Chasm Sultan were in uh, on this deal. So we'll be playing that in a couple of weeks. If, I, th- when we I think it. there were several um, of our New York listeners who had the privilege of seeing a couple of performances of this. Um, I don't know if you'd call them sort of like a reading. In, in the acting world, it would be called a reading. But in the musical world, I guess it's just where they – sing the songs and sort of emote, but they don't, you know, there's no sitting in it, no dancing going on or anything like that, props and things. Right, for that particular performance, sure. All right, mm-hmm. I believe we have 
Doug with us already. Let's just find out if that's him. We're going to be confused tonight because we got Doug and Doug. But uh, Doug, is this you? I am the other Doug. <laughs> the other white man. You, you are the first. I'm free male in 21, and uh, you are the first Doug. I will happily be the second Doug to you. <laughs> All right. You're the Doug that's me. And I'm Mel. How are you? I'm just fine tonight. I'm glad you were able to join us because we've been uh, listening to some of your fine arrangements uh, earlier in the show, and a lot of people have a lot of questions for you. This is well, great. Well, here's the crazy thing. I was just rehearsing today. Uh, on a show that I'm working on out in New Jersey called Getting the Band Back Together, and one of the lead female roles is being played by Allison Fraser, who was in Up Against It in the first run-through at the Public Theater. And we're like, Hi. oh, my God, and I'm talking on with Todd's t- radio program tonight. It's going to be great. I'll say hi. So hello to everybody from Allison Fraser. Very nice. Thank you. We, uh, we're We're very... I guess, for lack of a better term, we're very ignorant, naive about this whole deal. We we know a little bit, but there's not a whole lot of uh, information available. You know, it's a short-lived, and of course, we have the music. It was only released in Japan. But uh, let's start with the basics. You know, you you were uh, brought in to do the orchestration, and we've just done some orchestra shows with Todd. So basically, I, I understand that's you're charting those. You're you're building the charts for the music that Todd has written. Is that right? Right. Here's what happened. Uh, I. I cannot for the life of me remember who actually called me originally for the gig but uh eventually todd called me and said come on up to my house in woodstock i want to play you some stuff which was like doing so <laughs> i said you know being a philadelphia boy myself uh, bucks county pennsylvania and uh and uh a great todd fan so it was a you know a pleasure and a treat we went up there he played some stuff but then he started playing leroy anderson records and said I want it to sound like this guy. And uh, we sat around and we listened to that. And I said, okay, I think I got the vibe and I think I got the groove. And he says, great, uh, go for it. And we have seven people. I went, seven people? You're talking a symphony orchestra is here with, you know, that crazy music that he did. And, you know, seven people. He says, says, well, you're an orchestrator. Figure it out. So we got um, uh, a reed player who played flute and piccolo and clarinet and bass clarinet and bassoon and I just played a lot of everything then there was a piano player who simply played the piano part and uh, tied it together and two keyboard players one basically on string sounds one on woodwind sounds or brass sounds then we had an acoustic bass so we could get that nice bowed bottom but also the plucked uh, and I think he also played electric bass so he played two basses and there was a cello player for the live string solos to make it sound orchestral, and a percussionist. who I, I call him a drum cushionist. He was playing drums and orchestra bells and xylophones and timpani, and he took up like half of the orchestra space. Um, and with that uh, entourage, uh, we, we uh, put together an orchestral-sounding band for uh, Up Against It. And um, we started with demos that Todd had made, and then we wrote out charts for uh, people to learn just, uh, you know, chord charts and, and uh, lead vocal parts. Uh, they all learned it. And then as the musical director, uh, Tom Fay, was it, um, uh, began to uh, uh, teach it to the people, uh, it would get more precise. And Todd would come to the rehearsals and say, no, this is the chord I meant, and this is what it was. And... Um, uh, then I'd start writing the parts out, and we put the band together, and there was a show. 
getting the band back together. So why was it limited to seven? Was that just a budget issue? or? Oh, yes. In fact, seven is huge for an off-Broadway production. Usually off-Broadway, things like uh, Little Shop of Horrors that was off-Broadway or Godspell mm-hmm. off-Broadway, they're four people. You oh, know, wow. quite often off-Broadway is just like the Fantastics, the longest-running off-Broadway show. It's two people in the band. There's a piano and a harp. Um, there's it's Off-Broadway does not have money for a band, so seven people was enormous for an off-Broadway show. Broadway, it's different. You can get – nowadays they like to save money on the band, but, but you can still get like, you know, 15 to 30 people, you know, in a, in a Broadway show. But seven is, is enormous for an off-Broadway show, and, and so we were very lucky to have that many people. Mm. So after you had the music written and this uh, was put on off-Broadway, were you uh, one of the seven, or were you an actor in this, or how, how did it work after that? I was not. My role was simply to orchestrate, um, to make the, to bring the colors that Todd was hearing in his head to uh, the ears of the audience that was listening to the stage production. So he had piano demos that he wanted to sound like an orchestra, a Leroy Anderson orchestra, and uh, that was my job um, to make that happen. And so uh, with as much as I could do with the seven people, uh, and, of course, the, the uh, talented cast uh, singing live, you know, and there was a set and there were costumes. It was a full production. Mm-hmm. Um, it just... I don't know why it did not move to a, a larger venue or move on. I'm not sure what happened. Um, but in any case, my job was uh, simply to translate from Todd's fingers to an orchestra. Uh, so Were I did you... not play the show. I did not conduct the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not sing in the show. I did not act in the show. But Todd did ask me to play with him uh, when he performed um, Parallel Lines, um, on uh, the television show, which you have right. on your website. Yeah, with David Sanborn as the host. Yeah, Sanborn, exactly right, Sunday night. <laughs> yeah, we've had him as a guest. Yeah, we love that. Uh, that's He's a great... Um, a so great that's when I had my 80s hair. hair. <laughs> still on. Did, you, did you go to any of the shows, the actual... Um, I did. Up against I did. it, you saw I, it? I thought the show was fantastic. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was not only terrifically interesting, Joe Orton's book... Um, was very interesting and fun, uh, but of course Todd's music was different than what you hear. You know, Todd Rundgren, you expect, okay, well, he'll write something slightly quirky, but it'll be rock and roll, and it'll be, you know, it'll have, and while it had all sorts of wonderful grooves and and, uh, interesting harmonies, it was really quite a stretch. You could hear it was like an opera, you know. He really worked hard to uh, make the music sound as important as the fact that he was, you know, taking something that w- could almost have been iconic as a Beatle movie and making it his own. Um, and he did a brilliant job with that. And then, of course, in the orchestra, it sounded even more brilliant. So. <laughs> so, I'm trying to figure yeah, out how this would have ever been uh, anything that the Beatles would even be remotely interested in because it just it doesn't read Beatles at all to me well or, I believe that's, but that's a very different started. thing once Todd got a hold of it um I think uh, yes the the book was rewritten uh, once Todd got a hold of it but the original script was written after a 
Saturday's night and help another vehicle for them. Uh, sadly, uh, Joe Orton <laughs> got bludgeoned to death, I believe, and so he he did not exist to to you know make any corrections. And the uh, the Beatles um, had sort of. Uh, you know, stopped playing together by by time it, it happened, so it, it all just was doomed to never happen. Uh, but yes, uh, the the uh, free male and twenty one characters uh, uh, were going to be, I guess, John and Paul, and then George was going to be one of the other characters. It was actually characters, you know, um, that they were given rather than just being Beatles. They were actually going to act as characters, and this mm. was the uh, original idea. Mm. Very interesting uh, thought. Um, yeah. I'm, I think of all of the people in the world, there was no better choice than Todd to uh, set this to music. Right, but your critics, who of course, you know, are in a box, thought that it was supposed to be more Beatles-like, and it wasn't, so they confused them, and that's all they were focused on. I think it, was, it, it was not Beatles-like, and, and well, that, that's that's half true. Um, I believe there are uh, there are certainly Beatle influences to be found. Um, on the other hand, this is just my observation. I didn't write it, so I don't know where, where um, uh, Mr. Rundgren was coming from. But uh, I believe you can, you know, you can find uh, the influences, the Mr. Kite influence. The you know, the Beatles had some very theatrical, wonderful stuff, even in their soundscapes, like Number Nine. You know, um, they were they were you know experimental, and it was in that sense uh, that you could certainly find Beatle-esque uh, moments in the show, and if, you know, any critic who was focused on that was just, uh, you know, more full of himself than having a good time in the theater. Aren't they all? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they're all. I don't think it's a universal truth, but certainly they are out there. <laughs> so what do you think about, I don't know if you've heard us talking about it, but the, the Metropole Orchestra in Amsterdam is thinking about doing this entire uh CD. Well, as a matter of fact, uh, twice uh, I have been um, I have been asked by uh, uh, members of the Rundgren team to uh, look up some of my old orchestrations and <laughs> see if I have them. And I, I imagine uh, uh, they're going to be doing some expanding of uh, of the work I originated. I just wish they'd call me and say, you know, ah, oh, just redo it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. But they haven't. They didn't. No. They you know they have plans and. Uh, you know, uh, they know what they're doing, I'm sure. Uh, I am going to, although if Todd and everybody else, if you're listening, I am ready, willing, and able uh, to just uh, to start from scratch for you, you know, on this thing. That means um, you've lost the original? <laughs> uh, well, I, I I actually have some of the original uh, or some copies of the No, some of my original pencil orchestrations. You know, I use I – use, uh, Computers now, but back in the day, I, I had um, I did, you did it by hand. It probably, I'm going to guess. I mean, Tom Trapp is, I think, was partly responsible for the whole idea. They've done two shows, well, two different set lists, two different shows over there now. He orchestrated them, and uh, you know, they probably instead of starting from scratch, they might use some of yours if you're willing to, to give them, but. If they decide not to do it, we'll just do one in the U.S. and you can he- head it up for us. And we'll Let's do it. Yeah, I am down. I'm down. I just think it was it would be fantastic with yep. a real orchestra and, and uh, you know, I could really make it sing. Yes, well, we'd have to have you do the piano on parallel lines, and, and of course the piano solo for parallel lines. Yeah, yeah. 
So well, as a matter of fact, um, as sort of a tangent, this is what you do for a living. You have a website called the Music of Your Dreams. Uh, oh my goodness, I do indeed. And you're a personal composer. Um, like, if someone wants a song played at their little girl's sweet sixteen, that's all about that little girl. You'll do it, right? Well, yes. Not only that, if if somebody uh, you know has a nephew who's a, uh, a bassoon player and they want a bassoon concerto, you know, I'll write that too. Uh, the happy thing that has happened to my life is uh, that I have been able to uh, tap into a lot of uh, different types of music, whether it's making it or making other people sound better through it. Uh, so, so I do a lot of work as an arranger. For um, uh, you even wrote it on your on your website, Rod Stewart and Dee Snyder and Donny Osmond, and, you know Sinead O'Connor and Gloria Estefan and Elton John and whoever you know needs a pianist or an arranger, and I'll, I'll work for for them making their songs sound like they'd like to hear them. Um, but as a composer, I also have I have a show opening on Broadway in the summer called. Uh, somewhere in time, based on the old Christopher Reeve movie. Oh, yes, I love that movie. In fact, we did that. We did it in Portland, Oregon, uh, just a few months ago, and now Good. we're, um, you know, making sure our uh, design team is all set, and um, you know, the theaters are ready, and we're moving on with that. So that that is mine. So, so as a composer, I also get to to um, you know work with uh, some symphony orchestras. And uh, and also rock and roll bands, you know. So so whether it's whether it's working with you know Live or Kiss or you know, Aerosmith or whether it's working for you know the the uh, Boston Pops, you know um, whatever it is that somebody wants and can afford, uh, I, I work within your budget. Um, it's uh, good I to know, happy, Doug. Just in case I am we... happy. Well, you know the truth is. It's really about the music, and I love sharing the music. So if somebody says, look, I, I want to do this, uh, I'll be honest with you. I've done some stuff for free because it seems so fun. Somebody mm -hmm. call, uh, a, a fan from an old band I was in called Balance um, uh, uh, in Italy said, oh, it would be so cool to get the keyboard player from Balance to just say hi on uh, on a little video for my friend is getting married, and, and it would just be so great, and I can't believe I'm talking to you. And so I wrote the, this person a song, and I sent it for their wedding. And, of course, uh, you know, they got bowled over just because it was, you know, me. They thought I was somebody, you know, from balance. And uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, on the other hand, I also can charge a lot of money. Yeah, that <laughs> so, depends on what it is. So it all evens out. Anyway, if you want a symphony or if you want a song. Or, but that's it's not about me. It's about Todd. Uh, well, so how did it work, Todd? Just... I don't know if you got some scoop for me about who would play Jane Seymour or Christopher Reeve on the Broadway deal. Oh Maybe well, I tell you, there 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 are a lot of um, wonderful uh, actors and actresses in the Broadway scene, and and uh, perhaps we could go as far as trying to find a movie star to uh, to hop in because you know with all the musicals that have been happening, a lot of movie stars mm -hmm. have decided that they're singers, you know. Mm -hmm. And some of them are pretty good, and some of them would draw attention. Um, we have not made the final casting for Broadway, so I, I can't, uh, I won't speculate on that. But I, I will tell you that it will, will go with A-list players for sure. Oh, scoop! All right, that's fine. Hey, so we got to mention it. You probably have heard it a million times, but our listeners are new to you. Our guest was the creator of the three-note Menon commercial. Oh my goodness, that's going to get me into heaven. 
Yes. It's it's true. It was it was my number my number twelve of about forty of them that I wrote, and it was like you know by men and men and men and by men and by men and by men or you know whatever, and then number twelve was jingle 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 by men and and that was the one. They picked that one. Uh, yeah. They did, and uh, and I have heard. I've heard a lot of it. I was on Oprah because of that. Yes. <laughs> Were you? <laughs> I was, yeah. I got to play I got to play it along with uh we were on the same show with um Mean Joe Green and the Kid and the Double oh, wow. Mint Twins and uh you know, some great people. You're talking <laughs> about the kid who caught the jersey in the Coke commercial? Yes, yes. Uh yeah. and they and they were on that Oprah show, you know. Oh. Yeah, iconic uh-huh. commercial ads. Oh wow! Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Right. Most of the people listening know that commercial. You know, we're we're uh, we were around at that time. It's good stuff. <laughs> I like that. So yeah, and I, I like the um, I saw on your website the Stephen Wright bit. That was a lot of fun. I bet <laughs> he used to be a riot. You know, yeah, funny stuff. Very nice. Well, hey, we got a uh, caller's got some probably more interesting questions than we could ever ask. So cool. We'll, uh, if you don't mind, we'll take a call and I'm ready. See what they got. They probably were at this deal. Six one eight, you're with us. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say that I did see up against it, and one thing that I consider pretty amazing, since Todd basically doesn't write music, is the way he was able to put the whole thing together and make it into a drama slash comedy, and um, particularly some of the songs like Life is a Drag kind of had a West Side Story-ish uh, sound to it. And I'll never forget the guys running around that stage. They had shopping carts and female clothing in it because it was a battle of the sexes. And while they're singing the song, they're donning female garb. And uh, just the different songs. Some of them were real pathos, you know. And it it was beautifully written and beautifully orchestrated. The music was great. And um, I loved it. And one thing that it showed to me, and I've always thought so ever since, is that whether Todd can write music on paper or not, and he needs someone like you, Doug, to help him get it to the musicians that are going to be performing it, is that he does have the ability to write a musical, and I think he also has the ability, if he so desires, and if he can get the backing, to try another off-Broadway musical that may have the potential to make it to Broadway someday. Mm. Yeah, well, that's that's really wonderful. First, thanks for the kind words, and second, uh, yes, it was it was a wacky, uh, fully costumed, over-the-top romp. It's true. Um, and though, look, I don't know his music writing skills uh, as a as jotting it down on paper. I do know that he is intensely musical and that what he goes for organically is deeper than so many you know people who are even trained can go he he his ears his internal ear the heart of his ear you know finds places uh, that other people don't even dare attempt um i mean look at the first chord of um Parallel lines, that crazy la da 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 da. If you just sing the melody, it's it's like a little three blind mice, mice blind free, you know. But underneath it is is you know is so 
intense and uh, uh, it changes keys every two measures and you know where he comes from i i'm with you i think not only he should you know aim for an off broadway thing there's no reason why if he wished and i don't even know if he wishes um he he would just you know be pulled in the same place where Cindy Lauper went uh, this year and just write something for Broadway um again i don't know why it didn't move all i can guess is that uh something with the uh producers uh, you know it it usually goes to them it's a, it's always a, it's always just a money thing there's there's really no reason um it had all of the elements, and maybe today, maybe it just wasn't the right time. Maybe today is the time. And maybe not quite the right storyline. I mean, well, for the, the time, it was great, extremely but... risque, um, and and for this time, it's sort of normal now. <laughs> it right. Could go. Yeah. Like they had the but, full you know, parallel lines. Parallel lines was purely Todd Rundgren. Absolutely. And then some of the elements were from his roots in Gilbert and Sullivan. Right. Some of it were his roots in West Side Story. But he's got such a varied musical background, I think he could handle almost any type of musical idea. I agree with you. Is this and thank you very for... much for helping with that. It was a very enjoyable musical. I'm very so glad enjoyable. I'm still sticking with you. Yay. Hey, Erica618, who is this? Is this Babs? Um, that was me, so let somebody else talk. Yeah, is this Babs? Who's the calling? Oh, What's my name? name is Jana. Jana, okay. And you got the witness up against it? Yes, I did. More than once? Uh, no, but afterwards, Todd asked us what our opinion of what it was, and of course, we were blown away. Nice. <laughs> now was this the 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 act? This wasn't the one where Joe Jackson just stood up and and. No, this would be the the off Broadway down at the uh, Shakespeare Festival. Yeah, this was the real deal you saw. Yes. Wow, very nice. All right, so you thought that the um, maybe the story was ahead of its time. I think so. I think so. Maybe, and. Uh, also, I don't know, I, probably some other people have heard Todd in concerts talk about, he told a kind of a funny story about Joe Horton's demise by a ball-peen hammer. And I mean, you know, Todd, he can make anything funny. <laughs> yeah, that's a riot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, Jen. Well, thanks for calling in. Thank you. Sure, thanks, Jen. All right, we got a witness to up against it. It really did happen. Yeah. It did happen. It's, it's like it's like the Holocaust of musicals. It actually happened, <laughs> even though people don't think it did. No, well, it's true. There, there's talk of Todd wanting to do a Broadway musical, believe it or not, uh, yeah, from well, his that would be management uh, representative. One of his promotions and uh, marketing said that they he was thinking about it. But so if up against it came out today and had um, you know some good producers, top top money put into it. You think it would succeed today? Uh, I think there would be a market for it. Yes, I do. Really? Interesting. I, and I would happily work on it again. Well, hmm. I'm sure. That would be great. Wow. All right. So, um, I, was, I was wondering a little bit earlier, to, uh, I hate to back up a little bit, but technically, how does this work? Um, Todd comes to you. He says he needs an orchestrator to figure out how to do the music for seven uh, musicians. And he gives you, like, his own demos, and then you just go from there and kind of it, it blooms out from whether he gave it to you on a piano or on a guitar or whatever, and and you hear a part that feels like it needs a 
violin or something? Is that how that works? It's exactly how that works. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go over to my piano so that I can I can maybe give you a better idea. Um, okay. Put you, on, put you on speakerphone. Hopefully, hopefully this is working. Uh, speaker. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. So I'm at the piano. So if if uh, if he writes uh, Remail and That's his piano thing. He says, listen to this, Doug. Free mail at 21. Free mail at 21. And I go, okay, that's fun. The first thing I think of is what is the bass going to do? And so on the bass line, I will write. And then on the piano part, I'll write. Uh, 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 and then we'll put them together and we'll have a bass and piano. And maybe if I have a woodwind player and they're singing Free mail in 21, and I want it to sound playful, I'll get a flute up high doubling the melody. So that'll be on the flute, or even, you know, like that, and have little trills and stuff. And then uh, if, uh, uh, and then I want, he says, no, but I want it to sound smooth in that section, but keep the groove going. So I'll get the strength of the cello and the string synthesizer to go, um, so on the bottom it goes, and I'll throw that in to smooth it out, um, and then uh, I have a second synthesizer, I'll put him on trumpets, and we'll accent in all the places that have holes, so you have, free mail and 21, free mail and 21, right, so this, this is how an orchestration takes, comes out of a piano demo and some conversations. Does that make sense? Yes. Oh, that was really fascinating. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so was this how it went? Like you and Todd would sit down and just go this route until you figured it out? Like kind of like what you did with Stephen Wright in a way. Uh, yeah, you do it. You do it an inch at a time. Yeah. And um, it's it's you know. And then of course, as a musician, I uh, I have studied and I know where instruments sing so I would never make a clarinet go too high or too low or I wouldn't use a harp to play a horn part you know each instrument has its own voice and you use it in uh, in the best uh, classical symphonic way uh, that you can there's certainly avant-garde ways to use instruments you know I actually wrote something for um, double reed double reeds without the instruments attached they were just you know people going like that, but he wanted it to sound like, uh, as I said, Leroy Anderson. So uh, I used those uh, lessons in orchestration to try to uh, uh, be honest for for his music, and that's what it was. So, what do you think about now? Todd took several of these songs and put them on uh, some of his albums, like, and he did "Free Mail in Twenty One." Uh, many, many times live when he toured back in the right. day on the solo tours. But the right. smell of money, if I have to be alone, parallel. Line. Right, and the smell of money he did on the on uh, on the second wind, was it the album? Yes. Uh huh. And um, and he used my orchestrations. Did he? Have you yeah. heard this? Have you heard this song with the Metropole Orchestra? Uh, I I have not heard it with the with the full orchestra. No. I I got to send you this. Oh, it, it's amazing. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Good. So, um, what, what do you think? Uh, you've heard this on the album. I mean, were they pretty true to what what you guys have put together? Was yes, 
Yes, it was it was very true. It was like I said, it used my orchestration. So it, that song particularly played live by his band was what the what the show sounded like. It's sort of like a chamber orchestra, mm-hmm. um sound a little fuller than a chamber orchestra, like a, just a few instruments making the noise of many. Mm. Well, now I know you have got a Grammy, so this may not be as big, but for Todd you know, a lot of these things don't come his way, but uh, it says in, in this Japanese version of the CD that he got a Tony nomination for Parallel Lines. Do you remember this? Well, uh, I do not remember that. Um, and being off-Broadway, that would be weird. But mm-hmm. uh, And I have to be honest about the Grammy. My Grammy is sort of shared. It was for Marlo Thomas's, um uh, Thanks and Giving. I wrote the underscores for... Uh, it's like the the music on a spoken word record. It's as far away from music in in a category uh, mm-hmm. as can be because it's for a spoken word record. And um, many of us got uh, you know shared in this in this Grammy. I do have an Emmy. That's all mine. Right. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to be clear that. Uh, you know, it's the kind of Grammy where you know they they hand them out like candy. You know, it's like <laughs> oh, come on now, not everybody's got a Grammy. But anyway, uh, well, <laughs> but you but, take these songs. You take. Uh, I'd love to hear some more about Parallel Lines. Was was probably one of the second Todd songs that I knew really well that I that I fell in love with. And if I have to be alone is maybe one of his best ballads. I mean, these are really yeah, these are spectacular. These these are these are hello, it's me kind of quality. Yeah. Yeah. Better absolutely. Maybe. It depends on how you look at. It. But well, so tell me a little bit about because he invited you to play on the piano. So there must have been some kind of uh, uh, a connection with that song. Can you walk me through how, how y'all did that one? That's that's a lot of people's favorite song. It's just so good. He well, we we had worked on the entire score together, and um, one day he was asked to do this show, and I figured he would go to the musical director. And say, uh, you know, you've been playing the show um, every day, or you, one of the keyboardists, or something. You've been playing this song, you know, every day for the last couple of weeks. You know, come and and play with me. But uh, I, you know, I don't know. I, I was a little stunned. I was and delighted. I, I he said, I'd like for you to play with this with me. And I was, uh, it was just an honor. I, was, I could not believe that he would just ask the orchestrator, the guy who sits down and writes the stuff down, to come and play. But I suppose I was also his liaison mm-hmm. to, uh, to where the music was, was headed. And we, I'd been to his house, you know, we had a little food together. <laughs> it was like, you know, we had a, a tiny relationship, right. you know, and it was, it was nice. He felt comfortable. And and I, he didn't want to play it himself was the thing, and so he asked me to do it, and I wrote out a tiny tiny orchestration for just bass drums, uh, synthesizer, and myself on keyboards, and um, we got there, we sight read it down, and said, oh that'll be fine. I think we got halfway through it or something. And he said, no, we got to move on. I, uh, Pat Metheny's playing on the other, <laughs> whatever is happening, and um, so. We just did it. Uh, what you saw was just live. It was live. We did it and uh, worked it, and everybody watched and listened. That's the wonderful thing about playing with A-list musicians, uh, you know, like Philippe Sace and you know the great cats who were there. They just 
they play as if they're part of a unit, not as if they're like five individual musicians trying to show off, you know. Mm-hmm. They, they are already part of a unit, and it is, it's a beautiful thing to, when it comes together. Mm. And Todd yeah. sang the hell out of it. Oh, yeah. That was that was an extremely popular video version of Parallel Lines. Did you? Um, uh, and did I remember getting. Campbell? I remember wearing a shirt there that I thought was really cool. And they went, "That's a cool shirt, but look at this." And they took me into their dressing room and said, "Here's a nice shirt. You want to wear that?" And I said, "Oh, that's cool." So that's that's their shirt I'm wearing. <laughs> I got. It. Did you know David Sanborn at the time? I did. I uh, I have I had done work with David uh, in the studio many times. Yeah, he's he's a good cat. I like him. Yes. Um, he was on you know one of Todd's earlier albums uh, on a song. He's he they go way back. And then there's mm-hmm. so much. Did you did you get to see uh, the rest of the songs that Todd did that night on that show? Of course. Yeah, pretty pretty yeah. fun. <laughs> With Taj Mahal and Michelle. Mm-hmm. Crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So when he when you got if I have to be alone. So he comes up to you the same deal like you were just doing for us a minute ago, and and kind of starts with it, or, or he plays the whole thing for you, and then you chart it. How did that one work out? Yeah, it's it's they're all basically the same. Uh, some of the stuff he gave me on you ready for this cassettes, <laughs> and some of the stuff no eight tracks, and some of the stuff uh, he played down, and I had a uh, portable cassette recorder, um, and uh, it was all on tape. Originally, and I think I still have the original cassettes of him playing in my collection somewhere. Who I want them? <laughs> I know you do. I know you, but they're mine. Um, and uh, and that was it. You know, he'd say, "Here's the song," and and then he would go into great detail. Here is uh, where it builds, and the emotion is this, and this is where I think this is. You know, the strings will overpower, and then something will soar, and he'll start singing like a line. And I, of course, would be furiously writing down anything he was saying. You know, just the more information I get from him, the closer I can get to making the sound in his head, you know, come true. Um, and, uh, but, yeah, the, 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 it was the same for each song, you know, uh, sometimes just many in a row. Uh, he did When I went up to his house, he didn't play through the whole score, it was mostly about playing me the records and mm-hmm. some of the scores, and then everything else was on tapes. And uh, you know, we worked it out so that, like I said, we wrote it out so that it, it could be sung by the singers. And um, and back then, you know, we didn't have computers, so so there were copyists who were writing. You know, we would write it in pencil, and then they would write it in ink and all the paper. <laughs> lots of lots of. Uh, uh, Human power. Nice. <laughs> well, how did you learn how to do this, or were you just self-taught? Did you go to music school? How, how did How did you even know how to do this orchestration and arrangement? Uh, I've always been very musical. I started playing piano when I was three, and uh, I I was in high school, was it? I guess it was in tenth grade or something. And I had set a book of po- of a local poet in Doylestown, Pennsylvania, named uh, Kelly Delaney. He had written a book and uh, of poetry, and I decided to set it to music. And I set it to music, and I thought, well, this would be a good concert, and I think um, I think I'll do the concert at my high school. And uh, and I said, oh, I I hear things in a band, and wait, hey, we have a high school band. 
man, I don't know how to write for high school band. I, I, I'm going to get an orchestrator. So I found an alto sax player from somebody who's, uh, who somebody said was could orchestrate, also like a 10th or 11th grader. And I said, you can orchestrate? He said, yeah, sure. I can orchestrate this song uh, for you. It'll be like $350 a song. I think I went. I went. What? I'm, and this is these are in the 1970s. You know, I was just a you're just kid. a kid. <laughs> and um, so so uh, I said 350 dollars, which is like three thousand dollars today. I said, wow, I can do that. <laughs> and that's when I started orchestrating. When I realized that it was uh, uh, it could be lucrative, but it could also save me a lot of money by not having someone else do it. Um, I then got a chance to meet Richard Rogers, um, and I asked him about orchestrations. I say, do you orchestrate your own stuff? Do you do anything? I didn't know anything about it. And he said, no, there are people who do that. And I thought to myself, well, I am going to be the person who will compose and orchestrate, and I'm just going to learn to do both. You know, that way I'll, you know, I'll make both checks, and I'll also get it to sound the way I hear it in my head. And then I just listened and studied, and you know, I, I did the adult thing. I bought some books on the subject, and I studied, and I listened to records, and I, I tore apart. And I'll tell you the honest truth: when I was just starting to learn piano, I had a teacher. I was in, you know, first or second grade with with classes, and there was a man named Mr. Johns, and he lived right next to the library. And my mother would drop me off, and she would open the door, and he'd say, oh, Doug, nice to see you. And I'd come, and I'd sit down at the piano, and I'd start my scales, and he'd say, okay, Mrs. Casares, I'll see you in like 45 minutes. And she would go and do some shopping, and he would stop my lesson right there. As soon as she left, and, and drag me into his study, and he would put on a record. He says, look, I can sense you have a special talent because you, you just play – quicker and you do things more than other people are doing at this age so I'm going to bring you in and I want you to listen to this and he would play me Tchaikovsky's Sixth Piano Concerto and he would say now listen to what the string line does while the piano is playing can you tell the difference of these instruments can you tell that the oboe is has a little buzzy nosy sound but the clarinet is a woody kind of sound and then the French horn how it's pulling everything and he would describe this to me for 45 minutes every Tuesday <laughs> and you know and then I, and then we would jump back to the piano just before my mom would come back and, and pick us up he'd say oh that was lovely Doug good work and we'd move on, and I never told her about this. But uh, wow, wow, but he recognized was, something in you. He recognized definitely. it, and so this sort of thing is, you know, part of the craziness that was my life growing up, and and um, you know that that helped the ear, early ear training, and then just you know doing it and and watching people, the brilliant Jonathan Tunick, who uh, who did Sweeney Todd, for example, we were doing some commercials. All the great people do commercials because you have to do them in like one take because they don't have the money for you know giant. They're not, they don't want to spend the money. They have the money, but they don't want to spend the money for more than like an hour of music time, you know, mm-hmm. in a studio. So uh, you know, great, brilliant orchestrators, Leon Pendarvis, and you know, great people uh, would come in, and I would look, I would go over their charts and look and say, oh, you did the viola on this thing. Why did you? And oh, you, so it's okay to do a double stop on the violin. Oh, look at that, you. You're you're bowing up here and down here, and I would just you know absorb as much as I can, 
And then I would tell people I could do it. And then I would be stuck in a position where I had to do it until eventually, you know, you get old enough and you get good at it. <laughs> That's fascinating. He definitely... Like, like you guys on the radio, you're good at it. Oh. <laughs> oh, Lordy, hey, we have... Lordy. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're over here in the South and you're in uh, New York. We also have a caller here, though, from the West Coast that has an important question for you they would like to ask. Let's go. Marianne, what's up? Hi, Doug. Hi, Mel. Hi, Mel. Hi, Hi Marianne. I must say, uh, uh, we are just enjoying this so much. We are just in really, really enjoying listening to you, Doug. And I do have a question about Up Against It that I can't seem to find an answer to. I'm just curious because you mentioned that the um, the play was ahead of its time and it was risque. I, I'm just curious what the storyline is. Do you happen to know that? You mean, do I have a copy of the script in front of me here right now? <laughs> that would be yeah, I that's do, a good question. There. I do. It's called Joe Orton Up Against It, a screenplay for the Beatles. And, okay. um, yeah, and then they tell a little story, and uh, it, it was, let's see if I can remember. You know, the truth is I don't remember a lot about it, but I, I uh, and I have not recently read it. I just happened to have found these in my garage while I was looking for them. Oh. Uh, but it was um, a, a battle of the sexes kind of thing. And, um uh it had a little element of some like it hot where they had to cross dress um to uh, evade you know detection by uh, people who were you know buying property uh, and and uh, uh they were going to you know take their own houses and they had to you know uh it, it's it's a it's it is so involved it's not the sort of thing that you can um that you can really describe in a, in a sentence or so it, it's a, a commedia dell'arte you know a, a, a farce where ah. you know one thing you know you have to go in one door and come out the other door except it was it was that in the uh, in the sense of plot lines you mm-hmm. know people were playing each other you know he was playing his girlfriend and she's you know trying to be him so it's shakespearean and it's uh, you know it's that kind of thing but because um they Risque is a large word for um, it was, you know, done at a time where if a man put on a dress, it was, you know, outlandish and a riot and, you know, hmm. fall down funny. And now it's like, you know, kinky boots won the Tony yeah. because a couple of crossdressers want to change the uh, 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 help save a factory. You know, it's yeah. like it's just a small deal with big songs, you know. Um, marriage equality is becoming the norm, not only here, but uh, around the world. Um, and it is, so it's not so shocking um, so much as, like, uh, oh, Abe's uh, Irish Rose, about a, 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 an Irish girl and a, a Jewish boy, you know, falling in love, you know, back in the 40s and 50s. That was unheard of. And now it's like what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like oh. that, that. There's well, a problem thank you with that. So much. Yes. Yeah, so that's that's what thank it's you. about. It it was the uh, it was the uh, the battle of the sexes and uh, who is going to be on top and who is going to win and who is going to you know trounce the bad guy and how they have to do it. Yeah. I think parallel lines is is just one of the most beautiful songs ever written. The the lyrics are just 
just really get me every time. I agree, I agree. It's so hard because, you know, you're talking about two people who will never be able to be together. It's a it's an anti-love song. Yes, it's a absolutely. love song about two people who will be eternally unrequited. Yes, very, very beautiful. Well, thank you so much for answering my question, and um, I'll I go back to listening. It. We're just really enjoying this a lot. Thank you. I tell you what. Check uh, if you can find it. Doesn't even this is so old it doesn't even have a zip code. But Grove Press in New York is apparently who printed up against it. Perhaps you can find it there. Okay. How's Thank that? Thank you very much. Thank You're you. Bye bye. Good question, Marianne. There you go. How about yeah, that Grove Press? They pulled that out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Memory, memory comes back quickly. Very nice. <laughs> So was Michelle Rungren involved in this at all? Do you, do you, Michelle Gray at the time, I believe. Do you uh, do you know Michelle? I believe she was. Oh. And she was uh, very, uh, if I recall correctly, um, uh, it was uh, she was like a liaison. She would talk. He wasn't always there, but she <laughs> always had his uh, his ideas. Um, you know uh, the comments that that he would have. She was wonderful. What a wonderful woman. Yeah, she's great. Well, do you think that Todd, considering what it takes to to do these type of deals on off Broadway and Broadway, did he have enough time to put in it? Maybe at the time, or was he just you know touring and doing albums? Is just no, 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 no. He he had plenty of time. He, you have the time you have. He was able to. Uh, he was at some of the rehearsals. He was at the show. He was in all of the, the pre-production. It was not necessary for him to be at every moment of that thing because, you know, uh, he had people uh, who he trusted who he relegated the responsibilities to. So he would say, mm-hmm. I'm going to write this, and I'm going to give it to you, Doug, to write out to teach to the cast, and we have our musical director who's going to do that. I actually think in the middle of the run he was unhappy with someone – on the creative team, it might have been the musical director, it might have been someone, and he replaced them. So, well, you know, he said, you know, I want it this way, and it isn't this way, so let's make it this way. So there was, he he was there when it was necessary. He, you know, he made it go his way. Uh, he just wanted to make sure that he could fully trust who it was he was working with, and he trusted the director, and he trusted the actors, and he was not the director, he was not the actors, he was the composer. And lyricist, and uh, if there were questions with the lyrics, if somebody said, "Well, there's angry male in 21, but he's actually 22," can you change it? You know, or whatever. You know, <laughs> they, they, you know, they'd work it around. Um, uh, that was not an actual event because they were actually 21. Um, but that was that type of thing. He would fix what was necessary, and uh, um, and there was a lot of trust, and that's great. I mean, the theater is a team sport. Sure. You know, he can't. He it would have been terrible had he been there all the time, saying, you know, I don't want them on that second platform. I I don't think the sight lines will be good. And you know, the green is a funny color because it looks like money, but they're not the ones singing about money. So he can't have green in his car. That kind of stuff mm-hmm. that would have destroyed everything. Right. You know? And he didn't. He just right. was did his thing. All right. Well, we've got a minute and fourteen seconds left before we kick into archives. Only got two more questions. I'll now wrap it up. She has anything else. One is what is your favorite song off of all those from the Up Against It? Uh, I also like Parallel Lines. Uh, I I think there are few songs written as craftily and as well. Um, Smell of Money is fun. 
all of the songs are, are great. The up against the wall, up, that is, you know, powerful and, you know, modulates every second. <laughs> great fun. They're, they're all really terrific, but uh, definitely, you know, and I think it was by design. Parallel Lines is, yeah. is like a Sin in the Clowns, you know. Gotcha. All right, and uh, this is not Todd-related, but tell me about your experience with the crazy man D. Snyder. Oh, Dee and I are friends, and uh, uh, I did arrangements uh, uh, on two albums with him. One uh, with Bob Kulik, the producer and guitarist, great guitarist uh, producing. Uh, one was a uh, uh, Sin Atra, which you can get, and a lot of iconic lead rock and roll vocalists singing Sinatra songs, and, and uh, Bob and my's, uh, my, I don't know how to say it, Bob and my arrangements uh, and orchestrations. And um, then we did a Broadway album uh with D does Broadway it's called and uh, we've been touring with that and we played it out in uh, Las Vegas and uh, uh and now D is working on a Christmas show um uh, about a bunch of rock and rollers who uh, uh have have are older and have never had a hit and they're like man we got to make it and they sign their soul over to the devil and I don't want to give away the plot but somehow they misspell Satan and um uh, they have not signed their soul to the devil, and they end up playing a lot of Christmas carols. So, I, <laughs> but Robert in any case, on. it's hysterically funny, and he wrote it, and huh. it is wonderful. And uh, he's a he's a great man and an extreme talent. Mm. D. Snyder, who would know? Who would have thunk it? Would know. <laughs> All right, hey, Mel, did we take caller three eight six? No, but okay. I think hey. we're off the air. Do you want to keep going? Uh-huh. Still recording, Doug. If you can take just another uh, call. I am ready. I'm ready for you. He's ready. Armed and ready. 386, you're with us. Hello, Doug. Hello, Mel. Hey, man. What's up? How are you? Doing well. We're great now that you're on the line. Yeah, well, glad to hear that Mel and myself both have our voices back. Yeah, we do. Hey, I just want to say, Lunger Radio, Doug. To other Doug, uh, Doug, you have been one of the most informative, interesting guests that Doug Lungaria Doug has had in a while. <laughs> I've really enjoyed. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a New Yorker, grew up Todd fan, long, long time. Uh, knew about this project, but didn't find out about it till years, years later, and. Uh, I didn't even know that there was a recording available of Up Against It, and uh, I plan on going online tomorrow and buying a copy because some of these songs, like I was at um, the uh, recording of uh, Second Wind when he did Smell of Money and had Mm -hmm. no idea at the time that it was part of this off Broadway show. Oh, so you and were in the in the orc in the audience when he was recording that with his band. Yep, and and what fun! Day, oh, it, it, it's a, it, the fact that he did uh, a live album performance, including songs you know traditional songs that everybody knew, but other things, and and it wasn't until years later. I mean, that was 1990. It wasn't until 
years later, I found out that the smell of money was from up against it. Yes, it and was. Your information tonight and insight into just the writing and everything else and your enthusiasm as just a musician and a, and a Todd fan was fantastic. Really oh, enjoyed thanks. listening thanks a lot. to you. I'm yeah. glad it shows. I'm just enthusiastic that anybody wanted to talk to me at all, so it's very exciting. <laughs> Come on now. I, I, oh, here, here's a here's a rhetorical stupid question. Are you on Facebook? I am, babe. Okay. Write me up. And where, where would, where would you find I'll post a page you? on uh, – Oh, and while we're still recording, even though it's off the air, uh, I just wanted to thank Tommy uh, Zvoncek for uh, yeah. getting us together. We do too. Thanks, Tommy Z, for hooking yeah, that thanks. up. Yeah, hey, you know I'll, what we uh, need to do? What we need to do, Doug? We need to send the link of Leon's. Uh, what do they call that? Fan sourced video of the Metropole Orchestra show to him. Yeah, we'll do some exchange, and I'll I'll post your Facebook page on the Rungan Radio page. Invite you over there. We'll, we'll get everybody in touch with each other, and you know maybe we can yeah. do this again. We got more time because it was, uh, you know, very good stuff. Definitely. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Thanks you guys, and uh, thank you for for asking me here. Sure, Doug. Thanks a lot, man. We'll talk Have to a great you. night. Loved it. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. That's a wrap. You're listening to RunganRadio.com. Into the archives. So if you're listening in the archives, you'll get to hear all this good stuff. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. See you. Good night. Good night. Hi, everybody. This is Todd Rundgren, and you're listening to RunganRadio.com. You are the friend of the crown, my friend. Thank you so much for your support. We love you,